Welcome to the Crazy Dre Podcast Show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is your main man, a.k.a. Crazy Crack, a.k.a. Andre's Podcast. I'd like to thank anyone out there who's listening to my podcast. I am a new podcaster. I've been doing this maybe on and off, maybe a year, a year and a half. I've tried to talk about life and sports and challenges about being disabled or whatever. However, I wanted people to, to uh, I started a podcast so I create a voice for myself uh, long story short, I had a stroke when I was an infant, child. Uh, I was a very quiet, shy person. I wanted to be involved with other people and wanted friends, and that didn't really happen because of the way I look, the way I stuttered, or that I did stutter. Uh, I spent a lot of my time in my youth uh, by myself. Uh, I had a couple of friends, but not really a lot. Um, I'm a kind of a sports fanatic. I like to talk about sports and politics and science, but I usually stick to sports because it's kind of one of the thing I know about. Uh, I I do. Uh, some of you out there have listened to me, have seen or heard me do it with my buddy Ron about his disability, about about muscular deficit. Um, I do majority of my podcast with Sean. Sean and I are sports fanatics. We are uh, we gamble. Well, we bet on FanDuel while we gamble. So clearly, my hits didn't happen last night. I wanted Jared Goff to hit go over 225 yards in a parlay. He got only 220. Uh, Saint Brown for Detroit got 56. I needed him to get 60. Um, I think I needed. I got Jordan Love to 225. He had 256 yards, but the other two, uh, Goff and St. Brown, didn't hit their marker, didn't hit my bet. So that's how my bet went last night. Parlay, same game, parlay, fan duel. Um, so different ways to win it. So there you go. Uh, please gamble. So responsibility or responsible. Uh, know your limit. Know that you can't win everything or you can't win everything back in one bet or two or five or whatever. So keep yourself in check. So going from there, let's talk about Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love against Jared Goff. You get it. A, a second-year quarterback, Jordan Love, no experience up forever. And... Jordan Love looks like a lost man. Jordan, uh, Jordan Love threw a lot of bad passes, a lot of interceptions, got sacked like seven times. Uh, just, I felt bad for him because he looked like totally lost. Uh, he just, Detroit Lions defense looked pretty good. Uh, they, they just looked like they were on AJ Green couldn't he didn't do anything he I don't think AJ Green ran the ball that well nor did he run the ball at all to be honest with you um the receivers for Green Bay was really not happening the half a step behind uh Love overthrows the football Love actually threw the threw two interceptions one into a uh, cover zone. Uh, the line. Uh, one of our line, 
when one of our linebackers deflects the ball and Jacobs intercepts the ball twice. So that's a phenomenal that I can't get over. Uh, let's really talk about the stats for Detroit. Uh, Jerry Goff, 19 for 20, uh, 28, 210 yards, 7.6 pass for uh, yards per pass. Um, in the first quarter, he looked kind of rusty, crusty. Uh, he threw an interception. Uh, the ball got into Green Bay's territory. I think they hit a field goal. It was 3-0. Not a good start. Goff seems to be having hard problems, difficult situations, or a difficult time um, on the road. It's the stats are there. He he doesn't, I, for some reason, he doesn't connect or doesn't see the defense. or And that's something that in L.A., when he was with the Rams, he had that same problem. Um, as most people know that the Rams gave him up with a trade of Matthew Stafford uh, for that reason. Um, not a really great under-pressure kind of guy. He looked like, well, he did get sacked a couple times, and he either looked like he sat in the pocket way too long or was looking for his wide receivers to get open, but they already finished their routes. So I don't understand why he sat in the pocket for so long. Another thing I don't like about Jared Goff sometimes when he runs out of the pocket and he feels pressure on his backside or his weak side, he has maybe 10 to 7 yards to run for a first down or get it down to second down and five or three or third down and two or whatever it is. It it looked like this couple times he was just not he Detroit doesn't have quarterbacks that feel comfortable running outside the pocket. So I think that's something that someone needs to kind of emphasize with Jared Goff that if it's there and it's given to you, you need to understand how to run out of bounds so you don't get hit, you don't get whacked. Uh, I, I get it. You want to save your career. You want to play for the next play. But, you know, you really got to get those four or five different yards. Again, Aaron Rodgers did it for for Green Bay for so many years. Brett Favre did it for so many years. Um, but Detroit seems not to have that in our quarterbacks. So going back, he uh, he throws one touchdown, one interception. Uh, again, I talked about two uh, interceptions, one in the beginning of the game for 20 yards return. Um, yeah, so that's golf. Now, the funny thing about this whole golf thing is that I wasn't really paying attention to to Amazon Prime pregame of uh, of the game between Detroit and uh, Detroit and the Packers, but it seems as though Fitzpatrick made a kind of a bum reference to Jared Goff. And he said, calling Jared a poor man, a poor man's version of Matt Ryan. So basically, he compared two tall quarterbacks who are relatively the same size, same style to each other. 
which doesn't make sense to me because both of those players took their teams to a Super Bowl. Matt Ryan uh, had an MVP of 2016, but lost it to the Patriots in that disastrous 28-3 comeback from the Pat from from New England. I don't know how you lose 28-3 or 28-10 or whatever that score was. But I, I want to know, what what is it that, why do people don't like Jared Goff? Now, is it because that he has a pretentious attitude or is he not sociable? Is he not uh, a, a combination? combination of people skills and and athletic football skills I don't get it he he's nothing like Matthew Stafford from Detroit he doesn't throw the ball in the in the pot Matthew Stafford had one big problem and this problem was this when it's at the end of the game or a certain part of the game Matthew Stafford would throw a real bad interception when the Detroit Lions were coming back or they were down by a a field goal or a touchdown. God for sake, he won Detroit a lot of games. And he did. And and if it wasn't for Kelvin Johnson, I don't think Matthew Stafford would have even have even close to those stats. So for some reason, Detroit loves but well, people love Matt uh Matthew Stafford and we they just don't like Jerry Goff. Now it seems like Dan Campbell likes Jared Goff and his teammates like Jared Goff, but I don't know. I really, I think that's a cheap shot from Ryan Fitzpatrick, from a guy that's traveled around the whole damn league, 15 different teams. Uh, when he did have an opportunity to be a starter, they still took the starting position away from him weeks after he started for a, as a backup quarterback or even the, the following year wherever he was, he lost the starting quarterback uh, slot to to someone else. So I don't know why Ryan Fitzpatrick is saying stuff like that when he's never gotten to a Super Bowl. I don't think he's gotten to a Super Bowl, but he's never started in a Super Bowl. He's never started with where Matt Ryan did it with, new, uh, with the Falcons or, or, or when... Uh, Jerry Goff was with, with the Rams. So, you know, again, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is an entertaining personnel. I think he's got that big beard. I think he wears his little suits that are cute and adorable on DraftKings or whatever advertisement he's trying to pull off. He just looks like a complete douchebag on TV. No class, no style. Uh, imitates people who are different than he is, and he steals their their style to make him look great. But remember that Ryan Fitzpatrick may be one of the greatest backup quarterbacks of all time. But you decide for yourself. I tell you what. Of all the things I'm surprised of, and I bum-rushed David Montgomery 
of the Detroit Lions running backs, I was so disappointed in this free agency when we got Montgomery from the Bears. Oh, we signed him. And I tell you what, man. I tell you what. I got so sick of understanding that this guy gets hurt a lot. And we sign a guy who gets hurt a lot. So here we go again. We're going to get a running back that doesn't want to play, doesn't do anything. And you know what? He got hurt last week. And I wasn't even expecting him to start this week. But it seemed like that somebody, I don't know if it was Dan Campbell or it was a running coach or the teammates, he came out. He came out to play. He was there. He had three touchdowns. And you know what? There was one touchdown that was by the end zone, and he pushed himself right through that hole and scored. So I'll tell you what. As of right now, I owe David Montgomery apology. He had 121 yards, 32 carries, 3.8 yards per carry, which isn't really a lot. You want your running backs to have about 4.6. However, there was one carry from Caleb Raymond for 40 yards. Uh, a little disappointment on Jeremiah Gibbs. He had eight carries, 40 yards, 5.0 per carry. Um, I was a little surprised that they didn't uh, use Gibbs more. I don't know why they didn't. Uh, there was a couple times I know during the game when I watched in my mind, now I'm recapping the game in myself, in, in my head, that they kind of, when Gibbs was on the, on the field in the first half, I felt that they only used them for passing plays. So what happened is that Gibbs was in the backfield and they called a passing play in the backfield and then you would have the receivers in the offensive line and move over to the left or the right wherever Gibbs was to create a hole for him after the catch in the backfield. That backfired about two or three times. Of course, Gibbs did have a couple good runs up the right-hand side of the of the line. and It made a difference. But when you... I feel like this is the problem with Detroit. When you got two running backs and Montgomery can also catch but then you only use Montgomery to run the football and when you have Gibbs out there to only catch the football and maybe every once in a while to run the football you create a tendency of the same type of plays you're going to call so what's going to happen is that week five and week six and all this reviewing of Detroit Lions uh uh, playbook is that other teams are going to figure out, okay, so Montgomery goes out and Gibbs comes in. There's going to be an 85% chance that Gibbs is going to be in the backfield and he's going to catch the ball in the backfield or receive the ball in the backfield. And then he's not going to run the football. And you're going to do the same thing with with that. With Montgomery is that is that you're going to not expect him to catch the football in the backfield, but run it. So 
all you have to do is put nine guys up front, uh, put a couple guys based on where wh- what side of the hash he's going to be on and and have an extra body wherever Montgomery is so that he that they know where he's going to run it. So, and same thing with Gibbs. When he's going to catch it or receive the ball, you're going to have an extra guy on that side of the field. So, I like to see more of both guys catching and, res- and, and running with the football instead of one guy doing one thing and the other guy doing the other. Now, I think a lot of you Detroit Lions fans and coaches out there will tell you, like, well, we did that, but we lost. But a lot, my point is that you lost a lot of yards by doing the obvious with Gibbs. But Detroit still had pretty good rushing attack. They had over 180 yards, I think. So, so, I mean, I think uh, who who's another guy missing? Josh, Josh Reynolds. Oh, I'm sorry. That's receiving. Caleb Raymond had 40 yards. J- Jamin Gibbs had 40 or 120. So yeah, I was right. So you had two, uh, 260, 160, about 200 yards in total rushing. Because I didn't count Jared Goff either. Jared Goff had like 10 yards of rushing. So it's about 200 yards. So, but. Here's another uh, surprise for me is that Sam Laporta, the beginning of the in the beginning of the game, it was really great to see him in a position of, re- of four receptions for 56 yards, 11.2 yards per catch, and I tell you what, now I'm still kind of but her about not having Hutchinson. But I don't know if I'm wrong about you can just move on to a new tight end or replace tight ends every three, four years. I'm a chemistry kind of guy. I believe in players play better with their favorite receivers, favorite running backs, favorite offense guys, offense line guys, guys that kind of understand how to play with each other under each other's uh understand how they um, motivate each other. Um, but I guess they tell me that Hutchinson didn't know how to block that well. But in reality, you're going to have... I, I would like to see when they have Laporta out there, I would like to see a two tight end formation with both the receiver, I mean both the tight ends are able to block. But I would like to see more like when they're both when both tight ends, when we have two tight ends, kind of Laporta, as a blocking, then you don't know who's going to catch the ball, who's going to receive the ball, because you still have your wideouts. You have two guys on slots, you got your running back, and you get two tight ends formation. So if we get another tight end to catch the football, but also block, you can use Laporta in a better position where he can be a blocker as well. However, I do still think that Detroit needs to have, well, I guess it might, I guess this is not me saying this. I guess Detroit Lions coaching staff will tell you that they need to develop tight ends that can block. And that's probably one of the best things about Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey can block and he can also go out for 
receiving or started as a blocker, got into catch mode or receiving mode. So, I mean, the idea is to have a Kittle or a Kelsey to have a tight end that can block and catch. But I still think Detroit Lions need to develop players that way, any way possible, shape and form. I just don't like the idea that we could assign Hutchinson, uh, drafted another tight end, and then you already have two tight ends. Uh, I still believe that in the future, if you don't, if you develop a team and the team becomes pretty much a pretty good team, let's say Laporta becomes a, a better blocker, better receiver than than uh, than T.J. Hutchinson. Then what are you going to do? Are you going to not sign him? Or are you just going to say, well, thanks for everything, but we're going to let you go. Um, we we will draft another tight end. And basically, you start all over. Now, a lot of people will tell me that that's probably going to, is probably what's going to happen because the... The faith in Jared Goff as a quarterback isn't really all there in the in the in the bag of books, a bag of chips. So, do I think that Jared Goff has had does he have a short leash? Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But again, I would like to see us develop Laporta and keep him and sign him in a multi-year contract if things start to work out in this. And then, uh, like next year, um, I really do think that's that needs to happen. Uh, other n- other positions that we should talk about is Amon St. Brown caught for uh, 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 caught a touchdown, had uh, five receptions, fifty six yards, eleven point two. I kind of said that. Um, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't use him more. Um, I know that. Defenses will put two guys on him, more like most likely. But I think that with Josh Raymond, I think I think that's another guy that he only had three receptions, and I think they should have they should have gone to both of those guys more. And I know there's miscalculation and a couple of bad passes by Goff, but. I mean, that's why you have receivers out there for, right? To throw the football and to give relief to the running backs. And running backs are supposed to relief for the for the quarterbacks and receivers. So I I do think that's probably one thing I that I kind of like about Detroit is that well, our, our chemistry of the team is pretty good. We are. Moving towards the right direction, I do think that uh, this game that we're that that we beat thirty-four to twenty of the Green Bay Packers is a little bit misleading, um, but just because I think that when you play better teams out there, they're not going to have a Jordan Love. You're going to have Lamar Jackson. You're going to have you know. Even Kirk Cousins is a little bit better. Not much better, but he's he's a veteran. So he's going to see things wide open and connect with his receivers. Um, this is our last week of baseball. Last weekend, Cabrera 
Miggy Cabrera, um, I'd like to thank you for everything that you did for Detroit. I'm a Detroit guy. I love Detroit Tigers. I know I gave you a lot of smack through the year for being out of shape or just being 40 or or just having another year with you. Uh, I said in the past where I wish that we would have signed you off and threw a nice picket fence around your house and sent you along the way. So, again, it was fun watching you last year. There were great memories with us as a Detroit Tiger. You're going to be working in the Detroit Tiger uh, office. Um, maybe you'll be a scout in, Ven in Venezuela or some other country in South America, but uh, everyone Detroit Tiger fan out there, thank you for your service. Um, I am I am going to talk about Mr. Tucker in the Green uh, in uh, Michigan State. I feel like I feel like I need to talk about this because the there's so many different angles to to uh, to look at this about uh, Mr. Tucker and the and the young lady that that uh, that was raped when she was younger and she did speeches for the around the universities about uh, college athletes how to treat women and, and now I feel bad I real feel I feel bad for her and I don't know if I should feel bad for Tucker but I feel like there's a way of talking about something that's serious and in a way that is respectable not something that should be taken lightly because a guy who used to be a Michigan State head coach isn't going to get 75 or 80 million dollars a year of the rest of his contract as I take my drink of water so here's my problem here's my problem with this scenario First of all, we all knew that Tucker was married. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't really follow Michigan State, but comes to find out he's married. Uh, he creates a relationship with this young lady, and uh, she and him are having a phone conversation, and it leads one thing to another, and for some reason, he has to tell her that his junk is out and he self pleases himself over the phone now this is what's weird about it what's weird about it is that how does it get to that point that you or anyone feel comfortable talking to a a a a person who spoke at your school about sexual harassment or rape or sexual assault. Now, we must always remember that just because someone's been raped or just because a woman's been raped, it doesn't mean that she'll forever think that sex is disgusting or sex isn't uh, 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 good or appropriate. There's always a time and place for that. So, 
that assumption about people or women who have been raped not able to have a consensual relationship with the opposite sex is misleading. So clearly she felt comfortable with him as so far that that conversation went to point A to point B and he's telling her, oh, you're so beautiful. And I wish I would have married you instead. I wish I'd met you instead. My wife, my wife and I are having problems. And then she probably had some comforting moment with him and something happened that she gave him the green light for his stuff to be out of his pants. And that's something that you only hear back in the 90s of people or the 2000s where people would have, you know, phone sex. Call 1-800-HORNY or 1-900, whatever it was. But to tell you the truth, people uh, send their pictures of each other's private parts over text messages all the time. But Mr. Tucker, at home, in his own business, decides to to do that. Now, the reason why I want to talk about this so much is this. Now, if it was if it wasn't consensual, he should go to jail or he should be prosecuted, and he should, you know, pay a fine or a fee or for civil rights or some civil. Uh, discrimination of her and whatever is supposed to go in, in, in the court of law. But this is why I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about this because I think that a lot of guys get misled by a lot of women to show them something or give them something. There's so many women out there on either Facebook, uh Twitter or Instagram and you get all all these guys out there for some reason they're so lonely that they reach out or some girl reaches out to them and is like oh I'm so alone uh, I, I want your phone number I want to be friends uh, anything that you can think of and then somehow some way they share each other's phones phone numbers and text messages and then he gets caught in a moment where anything that he says is relevant to any harassment that she feels that he put on her and made her feel uncomfortable. And this is a real serious problem that we have. We have this problem because, not because that men can't get laid or women can't get laid, it's because we take advantage of each other for all the wrong reasons. You're, you're supposed to have a consensual relationship with somebody and if you're straight with someone of the opposite sex that it's appropriate. Now, some people think I, for me to defend Tucker is really chauvinist and, and really just not really respectful for women but I'm going to tell you what. There is a reason why 
I don't talk to girls. This is the reason why I don't go around to social clubs or bars, and I don't. Sometimes I don't even talk to a girl that I think she's very pretty, but I, you know, you're going. I do not want to be prosecuted for something that I didn't attend to perceive a an appropriate conversation. And it's unfortunate that that women have to show themselves in a sexual way. Now, this lady that I'm talking about, Miss Tuck, that um, that that's uh, that Mr. Tucker showed himself to. I'm not saying that she did that or or she was very vulnerable, but I mean you already knew the guy was married, so there's gotta be a reason why he felt so comfortable to take his stuff out and show you on live video or through a picture and i I just don't think that's cool. I just do not think it's cool when when you set someone up and then you now, nothing happens at University of Michigan State or Michigan State University. And then you take it to USA Today, and we don't know what your end game was. I, I don't understand why you didn't just didn't go to your lawyer and say, hey, they're not taking us serious. This guy's a pervert. He showed me his junk. And I we were talking about going to a or having another social gathering about sexual harassment and he pulls out his junk. I could see that. I don't know why she didn't go to I don't know why she had to go to USA today to get that published. It just seems too seems too mysteriously strange that she waited six months, nothing happened. Oh she simply didn't do nothing. I don't know. And then waited six months, talked to the university, nothing happened. They tried to put it under the rug. And then and then one thing to another, she takes it to, to USA Today. So, I mean, again, if you're a woman out there or someone out there or a man or anyone that's been sexually harassed or, or assaulted or raped, I'm all, I'm all for you to defend you in every any way, shape, and form. But I think there needs to be a law that if she, if she messed up and she set him up, and then she, and then she had a conscience after their their consensual, show me this, I'll show you that moment. You're going to have. I mean, that's just not right. So I'm gonna leave it at that. Uh, uh, I think we're going to to acknowledge that. I, I think we're going to talk about one more game. We're going to talk about, and that's going to be the USC and Colorado game. Now, a lot of people, even Sean, was hyped about hyped about. Um, Deion Sanders because Deion Sanders is a Cowboys and Sean's a Cowboy fan. Um, but I really do think that this train for Deion Sanders is probably going to end very badly. Uh, 
I think that everything's about him and not about the players. Uh, I think he is trying to showboat. He's trying to make things look cool, collective. He's trying to make things awesome. But you know what? It's about the players. The players don't def- if you don't take care of the players and not and what I mean is not like financially or not by advertising. If you advertise for your players and you try to make them the most money, that's one thing. But if you are teaching your players to be um, very, very cocky, very arrogant, showboating, uh, wearing weird stuff that you, Deion Sanders, wears. And I'm not saying you hoodie and all that, cowboy hat, it's weird. I'm just saying that. That's showboating. If you do that, you're going to get a, a bad result. You're going to get a lot of teams out there who are going to start attacking your team, uh, trying to hurt your players. Like the kid at Colorado who hurt Hunter, your main receiver, and it was a cheap shot. But if you're going to present that type of uh, of of personality, this, that's what you're going to get. And you're going to put your players in a bad spot and then you're going to ruin their career. Now, I know you guys, I know that Deion Sanders said to Hunter that he's not ready to come back yet. But yeah, you should try your best to keep him as safe as possible because you already screwed his his career up a little bit. So, USC, can I think maybe 24, 27 point spread? I think it's possible. I don't think Colorado has a, has a I just don't think they have the receivers if Hunter's not out there. I think Sharid uh, Sanders, the quarterback for 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 Colorado, I just don't think he's experienced enough to see other players to throw the ball to, uh, audibles, stuff like that. Uh, I think the defense is going to be hurting a lot more. I don't think it really I don't think it really matters. I don't think it really matters that 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 you have a new defensive coach, line coach. And and I don't think that's going to cure your problem because you still have the same players. So and look I like Colorado. I hope them the best. I hope Deion Sanders takes off the big hat, takes off those sunglasses, and coaches the players to play the best of the game that they possibly can. I mean, that's that's all I ask them to do. So I'm going to leave it at that. I kind of ran out of things to talk about, about Colorado. I didn't really want to trash them over and over and over again because that's just not a good podcast. So I'd like to thank you all there who are listening to my podcast, the Crazy Dre Podcast Show. I'd like to thank uh, podbean.com for distributing my podcast. I'd like to thank uh, Buzzsprout because I still have my account open on there too for showing me the way, um, helping me in the beginning. I like to thank Apple, Spotify, and, and other uh, 
uh, podcast platforms out there that uh, are sending my stuff out there. Uh, I hope Detroit Lions has a, a great, great rest of the week. I hope you guys relax a little bit. Take uh, look at film. Look at your competitors. I'd like to thank uh, anyone out there that listened to it. Uh, God bless women out there who are or men or whoever who's going through trauma, domestic abuse. I, I hope you get the help that you needed. Um, yeah, I really do. I hope that my little Michigan State stuff didn't offend you and I was not here to to to, to offend you. I just wanted my point of view. And I'll still talk about it some other time. Um, but peace and love, I'm going to put this podcast on air right away. Just because. Just because. All right. Peace and love.